God still uses young people. Tell somebody, God uses young people. God does not only use old people, he uses young people. And in most parts of scripture, he had significantly used very, very young people. And sometimes young people have wondered whether they can lead. I came to announce to you, you can lead. In Jesus' name. And one of the ways to learn about how God uses young people and how they can lead is by studying about Josiah. So today I want to talk about the Josiah generation. Amen. You know, I've been teaching you, we've looked at Timothy generation, we look at the Davidic generation, we look at the Joseph generation. Let's look at Josiah. Amen. Josiah was a very, very wonderful young man that God used. And I just want you to know that don't wait and say, well, in the next 20 years, I'm going to know you start now. God is not waiting for you for the next 20 years. You start now and by the next 20 years, you have become experienced. Amen. Hallelujah. And when it comes to leadership, we lead at different levels. So don't wait to say, oh, well, I think maybe when I'm 40, I can be prime minister. It's possible you can be prime minister at the age of 30. It's possible. You're all saying, not saying amen because you're not expecting to be prime ministers. You think you just be some guys that work in somebody's garden. You're not thinking big and dreaming big. You're not imagining yourself in great levels of authority and power. And when we look through the scriptures, we see that David was used at a very young age. At 17 years old, God started using him. In fact, the Bible described him as, but David was but a youth. But a youth, but God used him. Amen. Sometimes we have believed lies about ourselves as young people because they just said, you are young. And that's why Paul had to write to Timothy and said, don't let anyone look down on your youth. It means that if you are young, you can do some great things. It took some, it's not some old men that came up with social media. Mark Zuckerberg and all his other guys, they were students in uni and they came up with a concept. God didn't put that in the mind of a 90-year-old. It was in the mind of some young guys. That means that the great technology we enjoy today, they are actually inventions that God brought through the agency of young people. And so young people can lead. At the moment, the guy is leading the nations. Indirectly, it's not ruling any nation, but every nation depends on social media, isn't it? Everybody's on Twitter and Facebook and all those other books. Amen. Hallelujah. Insta and all of that. You tell me 90-year-olds did that. They don't know they didn't do that. 60-year-olds, no. It was young people that came up with that. And every other institution now begins to adopt them. So now, formally, we have got, you can't hear the prime minister speak unless through official spokesmen. Now the prime minister will just send something through Twitter and it is still as official as it came from an official person who spoke on his behalf. Even the queen, 96 year old, has now adopted that. She, she sends messages on Twitter. Can you imagine? She's on Zoom and all those things. These were not products of 70 year olds and 96 year olds. These were products of young people and the older generation have taken it. They may be in office as queen, but I tell you, those who are leading are actually the youth because it's the youth that brought these things into being. Are you here today? And so don't let anyone despise your youth. Tell someone, no one should look down on you. It says, don't let anyone look down on you. Now, that means that if anyone will look down on us, we let someone look down on us. 
Because I found out that no one can look down on you without your permission. Tell somebody, do you hear what Bishop said? He's saying that no one can look down on you without your permission. Now ask the person, have you been asking people to look down on you? Have you been permitting people to look down on you? From this afternoon, don't let anyone look down on you. If anyone did so, it was by your permission. It was by your permission. If you don't want anybody to look down on you, tell them not to look down on you. It means there's a way that you behave yourself. Amen? And one of the people that did this so excellently was Josiah. Somebody shout Josiah. In 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, I want you to understand every youth, everyone of you and everyone listening to me, I want you to understand that you are not an accident on the face of the earth. To have a Josiah generation mindset, number one, you must bear in mind you are not an accident here. Even if your parents did not plan you, God planned you, so you are not an accident. To them, you came as an accident, but to God, you are not an accident. For Josiah to become what he became at a very young age, his birth was prophesied before he was born. Everyone came to this earth to accomplish a purpose. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. It doesn't matter how your surname looks like. You are here on a mission. If you have a very long, complicated surname, you know there are some people, they are even shy of their own surname. <laughs> it doesn't matter. When, when you become what God said you become, those who don't want to mention it, they will, force, they will forcefully mention it. Do you like mentioning Zuckerberg? Try to say that three times and see whether you are not speaking in tongues. You see. But now everyone is mentioning it. <laughs> everyone is mentioning it. What is the other guy's name? Elon Musk. Can you imagine such a name? We, who will give such names to their children? <laughs> but now you have to mention it because you must reckon with what he has done. When you start fulfilling your destiny, those who want to, don't want to mention your name, they will mention it. They will learn to mention it. Amen. They will identify with you. If they don't like the shape of your face, they will have it on their t-shirts because you have fulfilled something. Amen. First Kings chapter 13 Verse 1 to 3. The Bible says God sent a prophet to Judah. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel. From Judah to Bethel. By the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. At this stage, this king called Jeroboam had backslided from serving the true God. And he had brought other idols and gods to serve against almighty God's instructions. And when he went to Bethel to worship at the shrine of his chief God that he has brought, God sent a true prophet of God to go and confront him there. And when the prophet got there, the Bible says, then the prophet cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, oh altar, oh altar, these satanic shrines and altars, they, they are spirits that 
occupy those places. So when the man of God came, he prophesied against the altar. He spoke against that high place. He spoke against what has been done there. There is a spirit in that place. There are many places that they are holy places, so to speak, and there are shrines there. There are demons in charge. They are worshipped in the place. These are altars in the land, and they, sometimes people are cursed from altars. The Bible says the prophet of God came to the place, and he spoke against the altar. And he says, this is what the Lord says, Behold, a child shall be born, Josiah by name. He shall be born to the house of Jacob, of David, and on you, this altar, he shall sacrifice the priest of the high places who burn incense on you. And men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So when the king of Israel stood before this evil altar that he has erected because he was not worshipping the true God of Israel and it was against the true prophets of God. That's why when you look at Israel after David and after Solomon, the kingdom was split into two. The ten tribes in the north were called Israel. The two tribes in the south is called Judah. So when you hear the king of Judah, you realize that the kings of Judah and the prophets of God are always in Judah. That is where the rightful altar is. That is where the ark of covenant was. That was where the true priests of God were. And then this man, Jeroboam, when he took the ten tribes up north, decided to create a rival priesthood. And he appointed priests of the lowest of the people. And he brought in gods to be worshipped. And so it was at this place where he was worshipping one of these gods that God sent a true prophet of God to prophesy against his altar and said, you this altar, a boy shall be born. His name shall be called Josiah. He shall destroy you. He shall fight against you. He shall destroy all that you are doing in the land. So this prophecy came. I want you first of all to understand that none of you came to this earth without God's plan. Josiah was prophet. When, when his parents came together to have it, they didn't say, hey, today we're going to come together and we are going to have a Josiah. They don't even know what they were having. When the boy came, they named him Josiah, but that is the one God prophesied. People, your parents may not have planned for you, but there is an agenda of God for your life in the name of Jesus. And when you begin to fulfill it, it doesn't matter what happens. God will honor his word. So number one, you have to understand that your birth is from God. Your arrival on earth is for an assignment. We didn't come here for tall. We came to do some things. Amen. We came to shake some things in Jesus name. We came to do great things for God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I was just reflecting on my late mom and I, I was just saying thank God for her life. That she gave back to me. And through me, many of you have got to know God better. What if I was not born? It would have been a different story, isn't it? But she, she, she actually carried someone great into the world. But at the time she was doing so, I don't think she thought about that. Are you here? And that has affected so many people's lives in many parts of the world. And so you are also here by divine appointment. Amen. I believe when she was born, 
probably her parents, his, her parents would not know who she was, but she's, that she's going to actually give birth to someone great who shall become an agent of God for the betterment of the lives of many people, for the transformation of the lives of many people. She wouldn't know who she was, but she's actually going to be a career of someone great. So everyone that came on the earth, there is an agenda of God for your life. So I concluded, even if mommy did nothing at all, she gave it to me. Amen. And I was looking at her, even if she left no estate, she left me, I'm her property. Amen. For the, for the rest of the world. And so, wherever you are, every one of you, there is a plan of God for your life. Josiah was born. The word before he was born, the prophecy came. I tell you, there is a prophecy concerning your life. You may not be aware of it, but there is a prophecy concerning your life. And sometimes you will not know, but until you come into contact with a genuine man of God, or you come into contact with a people like what we are doing, like a Protons church, and then you begin to discover the calling of God on your life, and begin to understand, I am not an accident. Amen. You are not an accident. In Jesus' name. So Josiah was his birth was prophesied please come with me now to chapter 22 second kings chapter 22 so first of all we have looked at first kings 13 3 we found a prophecy there that prophecy was prophesied some hundreds of years about 100 years before he was born and then second kings chapter 22 verse 1 Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Eight years. Is there anybody here eight years old? Can you imagine? It means that, you see, when the word of God is over your life, age does not matter. His father died, and by the time he was eight, this one has become king. Josiah was eight years old when he became king and he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jededa, the daughter of Ediah. The Bible tells us he was eight years old when he became king. It means that an eight-year-old can become king. He may have guidance, but when the hand of God is on him, he can lead. So don't look down on yourself and say, oh, I can't lead. You can lead. Oh, I don't think I can set up a company. You can. I don't think I can lead a group of young men to serve God. I can't lead a department. You can. From today, I remove I cannot from your vocabulary. In the name of Jesus. May you have a can-do spirit. Now push somebody. Don't make sure the person is in for. But push the person and say, you should have a can-do spirit. Hallelujah. I can do all things. I can do it. In Jesus' name. Everything that is doable, I can do it in the name of Jesus. So long as it is righteous. Don't say, I say I can kill, so I can kill somebody. I can do all this, so I can go and sniff some heroin and cocaine. That's not for you. That's poison. It's poison. So, wow, look at those beautiful bottles of schnapp and whiskey. Have you seen they, they create them nicely? Give all those non-alcoholic drinks, just no, no desire of the bottle. And those ones you see them powerful, they are protected behind the, the things. Nonsense. <laughs> Nonsense being protected. Disease being protected. Sickness. Illnesses. 
it is so nice, so powerful. Look at it, so powerful. <laughs> Sickness. You sit on the plane and you get to business class or first class. You see them coming with this. Oh, yeah. They want champagne. I said, want water, water. I said, don't you have non-alcoholic? I said, we don't have it. I said, but, so what is the meaning of this? You think all your customers drink this? This is so powerful. It's really protected. When you ask for, for Coca-Cola or non, they, they pour it and bring it to you. When those who ask for, you see them, they bring you the whole bottle. <laughs> Satan has a way of promoting what is wrong. But you can do all things righteous. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the Bible says he was eight years old when he became king and he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. It's very, very important. Whatever we came to do on the earth, there will be a lifespan for doing that. He didn't say, oh, let me wait a little bit. He was eight and he reigned for 31 years. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? If he was eight and he reigned for 31 years, it means by the age of 39, he was dead. He has finished his work. He was eight. He ruled for 31 years. That is why you don't have to waste time. Amen. He didn't, he, if he made a mistake to say, oh, I think David ruled for 40 years. Let me I have more time. No. You have a mission to accomplish. Today you have the opportunity. Every strength in you Utilize it. Amen. Start leading now. Start leading. <clears throat> Start leading. Start leading. So Josiah started reigning at that age and he became king. The prophecy came to pass. What do you know about yourself? For us, we are reading today that there was a prophecy about him. Some of you, you need to chat with your parents. There may be something that they need to tell you. Sometimes events occur before your parents will draw your attention. I think when you, you were pregnant with you, this is what dream I had. Do you know you? Josiah, a prophecy came. By eight, he's already walking into the prophecy. At eight years old, he's walking into it. King. Ladies and gentlemen, don't waste the time. Amen. Josiah didn't say, oh, let somebody else become king. When I am 21, I will become king. He stepped in there. He stepped in there. So, but he's too young. He doesn't have a degree. You can be king and still have your degree as you go along. Amen. You can still be king and still go to school. And it doesn't change anything about your kingship. You can still be a director of a company and still take other courses to add value to yourself. It doesn't change anything and must not change anything. Amen. When it comes to serving Jesus Christ, please do it now when your strength is there. For Josiah, it was 31 years plus 8, 39. Before 40, he's dead and gone. He's finished his work. Today we are talking about Jesus Christ. He was also young when God started using. By the age of 33, he has finished his work. He's gone back. 33. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it is not how long you live, but how well you live. 
How many of you have heard about Martin Luther King Jr.? Great Pan-Africanist, isn't it? Great black liberation, civil rights activist. We heard about him and all of that. He was assassinated. He died at the age of 38. Finished. He was killed at the age of Can you imagine? So you ask yourself, by the time he was writing all those things and making all those big talks, he was in his 20s. He was not an old man. By the time they shot him dead, he was 38 years. But today we're still talking about him. The impact of his work is still going on. He didn't say, oh, well, let me have more time. I have more time. Let me have some time. Let me start this thing at 30. No. That tells you early in his 20s, he was already doing some of these things. Because when I was reading about him, I realized that no, this thing started well. I mean, some of the books he's written, some of the speeches he was giving, some of the impact he was, he was in his early 20s. And that's it. No one knows the day nor the hour. But you have the time to make an impact in the name of Jesus. Josiah, at the age of eight, became king. When the opportunity presents itself and you are being put into leadership, step into it. Don't let anybody intimidate you. Step into it. Somebody could have come to speak to the mother and say, oh, but your child is very young. I think there are a lot of old men around the throne. Let them handle it first. Maybe when he's now 40. Listen, according to the divine agenda, he's not supposed to be 40. He's supposed to do it. Now, I'm prophesying to people here, don't waste the time. Step in now. Do something. When you must minister to somebody to receive Jesus Christ, do it now. Do it now. Amen. Every other thing that we have planned to do, let's do it now. Let's start doing Let's do it now. Let's do it now. So when eight, he became king. Josiah did some very interesting things in this period of his life. He restored Judah to the true worship of God. Josiah, his leadership, he restored Judah to the true worship of God. Remember before this time, the nation has backslided. They were worshiping other gods. There were old men in the land. They knew God, but they are all afraid. Some of them have been bought. Others have become so weak, they can't even talk. The thing is not right, but they can't talk. Weak leaders. So Josiah restored to Judah the true worship of God. By the time he was 26 years old, he began major reforms. First of all, he started seeking God for himself. Please come with me to verse number 3. Let's take it from verse 2 anyway, from where we were in chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse 1, we have seen that he became king according to the prophecy. I tell you, you are here according to the prophecy. May God lead you to understand who you are. You are not an accident. In Jesus' name. Number 2. The Bible says in the verse number 2, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Was it in the sight of the priest? In the sight of the Lord. I want you to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. It's a very, very important statement. Amen? 
do what is right in the sight of the Lord. I, was, I am determined to do what is right in the sight of the Lord, not in the sight of the congregation. When you learn to do what is right in the sight of the Lord, it will become automatic in the sight of people. Because it means that we do right when no one is there. When no one is there and temptation is lacking, you have to ask yourself, is this right in the sight of the Lord? Because if your mindset is only, I'm doing right in the sight of Bishop James, when Bishop James is not around, you can do wrong in his absence. But when your mindset is, I will do right in the sight of the Lord, it means that if you, if you are alone anywhere, the sight of the Lord is what is watching you. That informs your conduct even in secret. Amen. So he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Push somebody again and tell the person, do what is right in the sight of the Lord. It must be a push. So they, they will never forget it. Hallelujah. When they fall down, they won't hurt themselves. This one was a good push. It's a good push. A push that reminds them. <laughs> so even when they hurt themselves in the process, like the way Robert is sitting down there and his head is moving up. And when they push, you see you are sitting between these two sisters. Let them push you down. <laughs> when you fall down, anytime you look at the, the scar, you say, ah, what was this? Ah, that was when Ella pushed me. <laughs> and what did she push you about? <laughs> so that you know how to do right in the sight of the Lord. Amen. Now, the Bible says that he did what is right in the sight of the Lord and he walked in all the ways of his father David. When the Bible says his father David, that means his ancestor David, not his immediate father. Okay. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Josiah's do what is right in the sight of the Lord and they don't turn aside to the left or the right. They follow exactly what the scripture has said. When you want to be a Josiah, you will not be liked by everybody. But I prefer to be hated by all and to be loved by God. That's all right. Because you didn't create me. If you hate me and God loves me, it's all right for me. One man with God is majority. If I have the majority on my side and God is not on my side, I am finished. I'm finished. Haven't you seen people make promises and they turn their back before? Then now you are running to God. As for God, he has reserves. When people disappoint you, God can raise more other people to come and stand with you. But if you are offending God and you are pleasing people, the day men turn their backs on you, you are finished. I rather prefer to be in the good books of God than to be in the good books of people. Amen. Then the Bible says, it came to pass, verse 3, in the 18th year of King Josiah, in his 18th year. So you add 18 plus 8. And that gives us what? Oh, come up, come up, come up quickly. Where are the GCSE people? 26. This one is not GCSE matter. This is simple arithmetic. Inobiso. Ah. This one, everybody needs that one to trade. If you don't know these ones, when you go and buy something, you will give 50 pounds and then you walk away. And you bought something for 10 pounds. They give you 2 pounds change. You take it and you are happy. You won't challenge it. Now the Bible says that in the 18th year, that means when he was 26 years old. He's still young, isn't it? 26. 26. 
the king sent Shephan the scribe, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the house of the Lord and said, Go up to the high priest, so that he may count the money which is brought into the house, the doorkeepers have gathered, and let them deliver it to the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Give it to them so that they will build the work of the Lord to repair the damage to the house of God, to the carpenters, the buildings, the masons, and buy timber and hewn stones to repair the house. So the next thing he did was that he repaired the temple. Restored the temple to its glory by the age of 26. He's making major reforms. Leadership is making major changes. Major changes. The big issues. Amen. You can't have a dream till you die. The dream must be implemented. And you must be strong to execute it. The Bible says that this man at the age of 26, he started making major reforms. He said, where are all the monies? Start using it to restore the temple. Because for many years, they stopped worshipping God in that temple. It's broken down. Nobody cares. They are worshipping other idols. He came to make a major change. I pray that you have what it takes to bring reforms. Somebody say reforms. Changes, major changes that will better the lives of people, better the lives of your family. Major decisions. See, when you walk on the earth, walk as if you are president of your own republic. Write down a manifesto of things you want to accomplish and start executing them. You don't have to wait for anybody. Hallelujah. How many of you did get permission from Mark Zuckerberg that he wants to do something and then you have to vote for him to do it? He just started dreaming and they ran with it. Then we all catch up. Isn't it? Say, hey, what is going on? Is there something called Facebook? But you have to put my face there. No. This is how you get it done. And you move on. Now somebody's dreaming of taking passengers to space. And we are sitting down here playing under trees. <laughs> May God help us. Am I blessing the church? In Jesus' name. So he began to make reforms. First of all, restoring the temple. The next thing he did was that at the same age of 26, I told you, he sought to serve God. So he decided that they should bring in the, let's, let's look at that, verse 8. Then he called the high priest said to Shephan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. It means that ever since Moses left this thing, and ever since David died, nobody has been opening the Bible. Nobody in the land. They are worshipping useless gods. Useless idols. There are things that try to take the place of God and they are not God. And we spend all our energies rather worshipping them. You know, sometimes you hear people say that the white man brought Christianity to Africa and it has robbed us and they came to steal things from us and others and we have got our, we got our God already. What are those useless gods doing when, when they were, your people were colonized? Where were those gods? When Africans were being sold as slaves? Those gods, where were they? Were they blind? Couldn't they fight the white man? So one day I gave a very sarcastic remark to someone. I said, I will prefer the God of the white man. Because he's superior to the God of the black man. 
Because if that one came and overpowered your gods and took your people, which god cannot defend his people? What kind of useless gods these are? They don't do anything. Every time they are there asking for cow. <laughs> cow and chicken and rum to be slaughtered for them. They haven't manufactured one electricity. Nothing. Backwardness. Foolishness. All those water places, beautiful, beautiful sites, mountains and, 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 and rivers and, and waterfalls. And these useless gods will say, no, nobody comes here on Thursday and on Tuesday and on Friday. So tourist potential is defeated. Meanwhile, the same river, you find that in Switzerland and you see rich people betting their yachts there and they are paying $100,000 a year for betting their yachts. Just pack it, pack it there. You got better ones in Africa. There you've got the sun and all those things. And some God says you can't come here on some days. So useless, useless gods. They make a lot of demands. They make a lot of demands. And all these opportunities are there and we are blind to it. Listen. Don't serve God's who don't have what it takes to move you to your next level. Amen. The white man didn't bring Christianity to Africa. Christianity was already there. By Acts chapter 8, the Christianity has moved. The Ethiopian eunuch became saved. And he carried the gospel to the continent. It was there. Long before Paul and the others started heading towards Rome to bring the gospel to Europe. Africa had the gospel before Europe. Amen. And before that, even on the day of Pentecost, check the names of the countries where the Jews came from. They mentioned Libya and Cyrene and all those places. That's in Africa. Most of those people gathered on the day of Pentecost. They received Holy Ghost baptism and went back there. When they went back to Africa, to their place, were they singing in the corner? No. They were, they were preaching and sharing the gospel. So the thing was there already. But these trees and stones that we have been worshipping brought no development. So if these trees and stones gods were there, a white man comes from the sea. And then he starts carrying you away. And these gods are useless, cannot save you. Why should we continue to worship them? Nonsense gods. Let's go on. <laughs> they always ask you for chicken and things like that. Recently, one, <laughs> oh God, when I find myself among them, I just say things that they get annoyed. But you ask for something to pour libation to these gods. He said, no, they need Castle Bridge. And you know Castle Bridge? It was a type of gene. It's a type of gene. Castle Bridge and Schnapp. And I said, these gods, when did their taste become foreign? Because you keep on saying, we don't want foreign things, go foreign things, foreign gods. But these gods have a taste for foreign drink. <laughs> I don't know what were they drinking before the white man came. <laughs> Second, let's, let's go on. <laughs> Hallelujah. You begin to laugh in tongues. Second Kings chapter 22. 
in order to be used by God in this generation, we must serve God, read and obey God's word. That's what he sought to do. Look at him. He said, they said they have now found the thing. They have found the book of the law, verse 8. So Hilkiah gave the book to Shephan and he read it. So Shephan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and we have delivered it into the hand of those who do the work, who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shephan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shephan read it before the king. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hekar the priest, Shephan, and the scribes, and said, Go and inquire of the Lord for me, all of Judah, concerning the words of according to all that is written concerning it. Amen. They discovered the book, and he realized that there's a lot for us, that there's a way we must relate with our God, and that the cases that has happened in this land is because we did not obey the word of the Lord. It is through the word of the Lord that you discover yourself. Amen. And you discover the plan of God for your life. Everyone that wants to be part of a Josiah generation must do the next thing Josiah did. He sought God through his word. And he was determined to obey the word of the Lord. Amen. Seek God in his word. We have been reading our Bible. Have you been reading it? Or you have become familiar? You no longer read. You are tired. But you are not tired reading all kinds of other things. You are not tired reading all the snap chats. In one day, the snap chats you have read is more than four chapters of Bible verses. But snap chat has become your God. All the WhatsApp messages. If we print all, you will see it is more than four chapters. The one you have been reading every day. WhatsApp Christians. <laughs> Snapchat Christians. Some of you, your Bible knowledge is just like WhatsApp status. It disappears every 24 hours. <laughs> That's all that you know in the word. It just disappears. That's all. You went to church, you came by, said, what did the pastor preach? Oh, he said they are useless gods. <laughs> what chapter of scripture did he use? Oh, um, uh, oh, Jamie, what was it to me? What was it to me? <laughs> it's finished. <laughs> it's finished. Your scripture retention is like WhatsApp status. It's like snap. It finishes. It goes snap like that. May you retain the word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he sought God and served God. I pray, seek God and serve God and obey his word. It brought total change. When he understood what God said they should be doing, which they have not been doing, the Bible says he tore his clothes. He put away the king leader and said, this is not important. We have messed up. And he began to seek God. When you read the Bible and you find something you have been doing wrong and the word of God says it, you must panic, you must rise, you must decide this is the end. You change because you heard God's word. That's how Josiah's rise. Amen. So he sought to serve God by reading the word and obeying it and he commanded that everybody should come and obey the word. Because the, Bible, the word has been there but nobody has opened it. 
for all this while until this man became king. Even when he became king, it took him 18 years later to say, let's go and change something. And when they were searching, they found the Bible. Some of you, your hard copy Bible, you don't know where it is. The one too you have on your phone. Text messages have been competing with it. Today, open the Bible and read it. You'll find what God said about you in it. And that changes the game. Amen. What God said about you. You have been listening to what people are saying about you. And you are growing lean every day. Listen to what God said about you. You start looking fresh. Hallelujah. Some other people are telling you you are useless. You have not read what God said that you are useful. Amen. You may be disabled, but it doesn't mean you are unable. <laughs> yeah. They say, I am disabled. They said, who said that you are unable? <laughs> you are able to do something. In Jesus' name. The word of God reveals you to you. Amen. So the Bible said they humbled themselves, they prayed, and they cried to God. And God sent a message to be sent to him to say that because you have heard my word and you have humbled yourself, look at it from verse 18. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord in this manner, you shall speak to him. This is what the Lord says, concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against these people, that they will become a desolation and a curse, you tore your clothes and you wept before me. I have also heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. God said to him, look, you will finish everything I've said and even you will die in peace. Not everybody dies in peace. You know when people die, we just say rest in peace. Are you sure they are resting in peace? Not everybody dies here, they are resting in peace. Some they are in hell. <laughs> you think hell is peace? No. The Bible told us the rich man lifted his eyes and be in torments in hell. You can't say such a such a person. His family will write, he's resting in peace. He's not resting in peace. He's in torment. Let nobody give hypocritical tribute when you leave this earth one day. Let it be that whatever they said is exactly what you are also experiencing after you have gone. Say, may he rest in peace. He's not resting in peace. That prayer will not be answered by God. May he rest in peace. Is it a prayer? Or is it a wish? May he rest in peace. The person is boiling in hell. It's just hellfire. It's thirsty and it's asking for water. When Jesus described hell, that is what he was going for. It's a place of torment. Amen. Surely, therefore, I will gather to your fathers, you shall be gathered in, and your eyes shall not see all the calamity which shall come to this place. So they brought the word back to the king. So when the king received the word of the Lord, look at the next step he took. He instituted religious reforms throughout the whole land. Josiah. 
still young at the same age. By 26, he's making major changes. Every place where God is not worshipped is shut down by authority, by the authority of the king. Draw everybody to come and worship God. Change the system completely. New rules, new power, new authority. He came with so much power when he discovered what must be done by the word of the Lord. When you discover what God's word says, don't wait. Start leading. Amen. Start making some changes. Some of you, God will speak to you in a vision. Some of you, some idea for business will just drop into your spirit. Some of you further ideas on how to move a department forward and the ministry within the church forward. Those things will drop. You just seek advice and carry it on. We can't wait. Can you imagine if we're waiting for all of the next 40 years before we start protons? Angela, you'll be 40, what, 58? Can you imagine? Why can't she be proton at 58? <laughs> she would have become a molecule. By that, I should have transformed <laughs> into that. So we are waiting. A lot of people will not have been saved. Many of you would have missed a lot of wonderful times, isn't it? Yeah. All the wet squad that we are hearing. I mean, what are, by next 40 years, you would have been old. You'd be grandmother by that time. <laughs> he instituted religious reforms in Jesus' name. I mean, if you are 25, the next 25, you are 50. Yeah. By 50, depending on how things play, you may be a grandmother or grandfather. Look at your name. You become grandfather. Can you imagine when he's grandfather? Can you imagine grandfather? Grandchildren will be coming to you. Grandpa, grandpa, grandpa. <laughs> So by chapter 23, as I end this message, he sought, he instituted religious reforms throughout the land. Firm leadership. Firm leadership. Once he knew what God's mind was, nothing was stopping him. You see, when you get to know what God's mind is concerning your mission, and you start pushing it, you will see the mighty hand of God backing you. You can't experience God until you start obeying his word. That's why you see him moving. He doesn't move unless people obey his word. When you start obeying his word, you will see his hand. You see his hand moving. Amen. <clears throat> At the age of 26, all these things were taking place. Major reforms throughout the land. May you rise into leadership and make some major changes in Jesus' name. If something is not working, we must change it. That's leadership. Otherwise, we'll end up with sacred cows. We are not eating the cow too. We are worshipping the cow. The cow is useless, but we are keeping them. Major reforms. And then the Bible says, look at it, verse number. Now the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah in Jerusalem to him, 
the king went to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah, the priests, the prophets, all of them, both great, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the law, which have been found. They read it aloud, everybody. Then the king stood by pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandment and his testimony and his statutes. With all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. The people took a stand for the covenant. May we lead people that will take a stand for God. Especially in the days in which we live. May we have men and women who will take a stand for God. Students that will take a stand for God. There are only two places to, to be. God or the devil. There's no neutral ground. May we take a stand for God in Jesus' name. Because that will change the future. And the Bible says, And the king commanded to bring out of the temple, verse 4, all the articles that were made for Baal. Baal is a false god. The ones for Asherah and for all the host of heaven. And he bent them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Have you seen what is going on here? Once they got a revelation, every idol in the land was destroyed. The king took charge. Destroyed everything. Major religious reforms were taking place. People must return to God. Boldly. And God continued to bless him. Amen. You are not an accident in your family. It's time to make some bold changes. Amen. In your community, in your class, in your school. That's why you are there. You are not just there to pass through. For you, you are on a mission. There are people who are agents of the devil. You too, you are an agent of God. And have an agent of God mindset. No one day I was walking very late in the night. Before I left, one friend told me, this place you are going to pass, some ghost may worry you. Because you have to, I have to pass through a cemetery before. And in Africa, you know, the cemeteries, it's not like, some of the places, they are not lighted. So it's, it makes the place very, very frightful. And there's no, if I have to, if I have to use any other route, it's going to be a very long route for me. I Meanwhile, this guy has sown the seed of fear. But in that place, they said some people found some people. They said one day they heard some man came to meet somebody and he said, this is my house. When they check it, it is the, it is the grave. I said, but can you go and see me? He said, no, no, he's not going to me. I should go. So as I was approaching that place, me too, I told myself, me too, I'm a ghost. You shall see. <laughs> me too, I'm a ghost. I'm passing through. If somebody sees me, they should run away, but I'm coming. Me too, I'm a ghost. And I walked through. No ghost showed up. It's the mindset, isn't it? Yeah, it's the mindset. When we were growing up, one of, one of my cousins, see the kind of family houses we grew up in, they are sacred houses. There are things that take place there because of kinship and so many things. And when it's a particular time of the year, there is a ceremonies that were performed for twins. Um, then you've got some horns for the twins. Then also there are other parts of the family house in the living room there, they, they have bottles of alcoholic drinks. And they said it's for the, the fathers, the spirits, the ancestors. They come and drink it. And go. So they, every time there's one that is there, it's for the, it's for the ancestors. They come and drink those things. Every time you come, the thing is getting finished. 
He said, the fathers have been here. They have been drinking this thing. Hey. Then we discovered that one of our cousins had been drinking the thing. <laughs> and one day, whilst he was hiding inside the place, he was hiding there, and he heard the footsteps of one of our cousins coming. He decided to behave himself like a ghost to scare him off. And so he was stretching quietly. And we, we feared when they sent us there because that's where the fridge is and other things. Sometimes they keep those things there because you know that you can't just come there because you're afraid of the place. And when you do some of those things, of course, you are setting manifestations. You see these are demonic presence. So you, we fear there sometimes because you hear some sound, you hear movements, you know, and really there's nobody here. So, but my cousin has been drinking the tea. So he was hiding in the place. And when another brother, another cousin was coming to the place, he tried to scare him. But he didn't know that the other cousin who was going has also prepared himself that any ghost here, because it looks like nobody, they are sending us and everybody is giving an excuse that we are dodging. So the bedding is on him. You can't say no to grandma. You can't say no to grandpa. You, you have to go to that room to go and get the thing. So he decided to arm himself. Nobody saw it, but not knowing he has got a, a big stick somewhere. So he collected it and he decided to make his way. This other cousin was also hiding there to scare him. And when he did that, the guy just hit him with the hit his face. Ah, he started crying. He said, well, if you say you are a ghost, I'm, me too, I was ready to fight any ghost here today. <laughs> May God help us in Jesus' name. So the Bible says they made major reforms. Everybody was compelled to know the Lord. They destroyed all the shrines, destroyed all those places, and drew people to come to know the Lord Jesus. I pray that you do the same in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that he removed the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah, verse 5, had ordained. He removed those things from the place. He burned all those places down. Verse 6, he brought out the wooden image from the house of the Lord to the brook Kidron outside Jerusalem, burned it also. Verse 7, he tore down the ritual boots of the perverted persons. He tore them down. Verse 8, and he brought all the evil priests from the cities of Judah. The defiled hard places where the priests had burned incense. He destroyed all those places. Great movements in the land. Compelling everyone to know the true God. The Bible says in verse 10, he defiled Topheth. The altars that were on the roof, verse 12. Verse 13, he defied the high places of the high of the east of Jerusalem. He destroyed all those places. Verse 15, moreover, the altar that was at Bethel, where the prophecy first came, the Bible says that they tore it down according to the word of the Lord. Look at that one. And the Bible says that, and Josiah turned and saw the tombs that were on the mountain, and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar. According to the prophecy, the prophecy said that he will, a boy will be born and he will burn bones on this altar. And all that came to pass. Hallelujah. And defiled it according to the word of the Lord which the man of God proclaimed. Then he said, what gravestone is this? Then they told him, it is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and proclaimed the prophecy. Look at verse 19. Josiah took away all the shrines of the high places. May you take away all evil shrines in Jesus' name. Bring major reforms to wherever you are. Wherever you are serving God, let people know the one true God. In Jesus' name. And the Bible says that he executed all the priests of the high places who were there. Verse 21. 
the last thing he did was that he restored the Passover. He restored the Passover. Look at him. And the Bible says in the verse number 21, he said to the people, keep the Passover of the Lord your God as it is written in the book of the covenant. Such a Passover shall surely never be, surely had never been held since the days of the judges. Can you imagine? The Passover has not been held. For a long time, the man brought major changes. His leadership was great. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was held before the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away all those who consulted evil spirits. He put them all away. Don't, don't, don't tolerate anyone that consults mediums and stargazing and palm mystery and all those things. There are some apps now even on social media where you have to put your date of birth and things like that to determine and it, uh, it say, oh, Araba, Araba is a strong figure, and blah, 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 blah. These are all forms of idol worship. It's a form of opening you up for demons. Don't sign up for those things. The Holy Spirit is enough to show you who you are. You don't need these things. It's manufactured like an app, but it's an access to your soul. We can't be ignorant of these things. May we be like Josiah. In the name of Jesus. So that we see them and say, ah, it says, this is James. It's this and that. And it matches exactly your features, your character and everything. Then you post it back. You are happy. You think an app just brings this up? You have given information for, for a medium to access your soul. And you are signing covenants in the spirit. Stop them with immediate effect in Jesus' name. Be like a Josiah. He brought an end to all this nonsense in the land. All the spirits, the house of gods and idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land. That he might perform the words of the Lord which were written in the book. Hallelujah. And look at verse 25. Now before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might according to all the law of Moses. Not after him did any rise like him. I mean, 25 is what I want to leave you with. The Bible says at the end of his life, no king feared God like him, not even David. David, the Bathsheba thinking, and Uriah thinking, but for Josiah, the Bible says there was no king that feared the Lord like him. And after him, there was no king like that. What a testimony. What a testimony. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. Age 8 by 39, he has finished his work, he's gone. Up to this evening, we are talking to Sarah. The impact for thousands of years is indelible. May the Holy Spirit help every one of you that have heard this message today in Jesus' name. I pray that you will not miss God. I pray that you'll be a Josiah. You'll be a Josiah in the church. You'll be a Josiah in your family. You'll be a Josiah at school. You'll be a Josiah in your workplaces. You'll be a Josiah in your community. May your neighbors know you like a Josiah in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your spirit cannot stand evil when evil is being done. You will not take it. You will bring reforms. You will lead by the strength of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus.